This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Raw Beauty Talks. I'm your host, Erin Trelore. Ready to peer behind the highlight reel and all those polished pictures of the world's biggest influencers and wellness experts, we're going to uncover what beauty, health, and wellness truly means in today's world. As someone who really struggled with disordered eating and negative body image, I became a health coach because I'm passionate about redefining health and wellness so that it's less about the weight on the scale and more about how we feel. Let's pull back the curtain for some raw beauty talks. Diving into part two of the conversation with Kenzie Brenna today, and we are going to do a deep dive into dating in today's day and age, which isn't something that I've talked a lot about because I'm obviously married and I'm not part of this world right now. I just get to peek in from the outside and hear all the stories from the people I'm coaching and my sister. And, oh, it is a whole can of worms in the best way and in some really challenging ways. And so Kenzie's going to help us dive into dating a little bit. And she shares some really incredible tips on everything from when do you disclose if you are struggling with your mental health or maybe you're navigating body image? When is it the right time to open up to somebody about this? Why do we dump that kind of information on somebody as quickly as we can? You know, I had a coaching call with somebody and she's like, I feel like as soon as I start liking somebody, I just have this urge to tell them everything about anything dark that I've ever experienced. And I could totally relate to her saying that. So I asked Kenzie her thoughts on that and she does not disappoint on this topic. She has a lot of really good tips as well that I absolutely loved. So before we dive into that conversation with her, I want to check in with you and give you a moment to check in with yourself. I'm curious to know if you've had any limiting beliefs pop up or self-doubt, comparison, anything that feels a little heavy or mucky over the last week, just tune in for a moment, see what you're noticing. Have you noticed any fear bubble up? Maybe you had a morning where you looked in the mirror and you were like, wow, not feeling my best. So whatever came up for you, can we practice non-judgment? So not being hard on ourselves about however it was that we were showing up, whether there was joy there or whether it feels like a hard week, can we just notice it? Hold space for it. I was on one of our Raw Beauty Reset coaching calls last night with the group, with Sophie Jaffe's group. And I just cannot get enough of the women on these calls because they're all individuals who are feeling a little stuck in some way in regards to how they're able to lean into their own health and wellness, or maybe they're not feeling their best in their body, but they're showing up every week because they want more, because they know that they have the capacity to feel better, to have a better relationship with food, better relationship with their body. Often this really spills into their relationships career, so many areas of their life. And it's just so beautiful to start to see them step into their strength. The conversation last night was on limiting beliefs. And everyone shared some of the limiting beliefs that they have experienced in life. And they sounded like, I'm too big to be in a relationship. 
I'm not confident with the work I'm doing. Sometimes I don't understand what my boss is saying. I scroll social media and I just feel like my life is not enough. My wardrobe's not enough. My body's not enough. I'm not showing up in the right way as a wife or a partner or a mother, whatever it is. Limiting beliefs are normal. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you wrong. But I do think it's so important to look into them a little bit and to explore them. Often they're attached to feelings of sadness or anger or frustration or doubt. And so we don't really want to play with them or play into them. We kind of ignore them. They pop up. We're uncomfortable. We get busy. We start scrolling on our phone. We watch Netflix. We do all of our numbing tactics. But so much good can come from really examining our limiting beliefs. Now, as we talked about them last night and peeled back the layers, almost every limiting belief led back to the same place. This idea of, I'm not enough. I'm not enough as I am. I should be more. I could be more. I want more. I'm not enough. And when we walk through life with this type of belief deeply planted within us, you can imagine that the actions that we take are all to prove to ourselves that perhaps we might be enough or to avoid having to confront that belief that perhaps we are not enough. So just let that sink in for a moment and ask yourself, have you ever had the belief yourself personally that you are not enough? When we lean into this belief and we look at it, we cannot move forward without asking ourselves, what is enough? If you are not enough, then what is enough? And who gets to decide what enough is? When we're born into the world as little babies, nobody looks at a baby and goes, ah, just not enough. That baby that poops its pants and is crying in the middle of the night, that baby is not enough. No, we never look at a baby like that. Which means (laughs) that this idea of not being enough is learned. Because the baby also isn't lying there thinking, Gosh, darn it, really not enough today. We learn that we're not enough by comparing ourselves to our peers, through the words that we hear from our caregivers, through social media, where we start to notice and see what everyone around us is doing and all of the highlight reel. We learn that we're not enough from advertisements that are designed to make us feel not enough so that we go and buy the product. As we start to peel back the layers, we understand that we've really always been enough, whatever that even means. We've just been taught that perhaps we were not. If we can move through life and exist from this space where we understand that deep down we are enough in whatever moment we're in. If we're depressed, if we're anxious, if we're happy, if we're sad, if we're succeeding, if we're falling, whatever is going on, we are enough. We have the ability to move forward, to grow, to love, to feel. All of those things are within us. If we can let go of this idea that we are not enough, then we're left in a space that allows for our enoughness. I don't even know if that is a word. 
but the opposite of not enough feels like I am enough. Now, when we talked about this on the call, it kind of came back to this idea of, okay, well, if I'm enough, whew, then I would go out and try to start this business. I would go out and try to start the relationship. But what if it didn't work? What if I failed? Well, failure and your enoughness do not go hand in hand. Failure is a natural part of life that coincides with any form of growth. Failure does not reflect your enoughness. Anybody who is growing in life and challenging themselves and pushing themselves out of the comfort zone is going to fail. We have this idea that if we're failing, we're not enough. If we're failing, we're not a good person. I look at failure now completely differently than I did when I was in school, striving to get those straight A's and keep everyone happy, 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 happy. I look at it completely differently now. I embrace the failure. Yeah, it hurts sometimes. And if you asked me, you know, right in the moment of failure, whether I was having fun, I would probably through teary eyes say no. But I also just have this greater perspective and I know that I'm learning so much in those moments and understanding more about the process and myself and, and how to get to where it is that I want to be. Failure is necessary in order to move forward. In our house, we say, if you're not falling, you're not trying. If you're not failing, you're not trying. You are staying in, in your comfort zone, stuck, looking out of your bubble at everyone else doing all of the things that you wish you could be doing. And you're judging them and you're feeling bad about yourself because you're stuck in your bubble because you're afraid of failing. You're afraid of doing the hard work because it might not be perfect. Nothing is perfect. And so if we can remember at some level that we are enough, we have everything that we need right now to start trying to move forward. And if we can drop the idea of doing it perfectly and instead move forward with the understanding, it is not going to be perfect. We are going to fall on our face. There is going to be failure. Then we free ourselves up to create a life that feels really good. So you might think in this moment, well, I'm not enough because I don't have that component of education that I need, or I don't know exactly how to do X, Y, and Z, or I've dated and it's not working out yet. That doesn't mean that you're not enough. That just means that you haven't found the right person. That just means you need to take a step forward and get the education that you need. That just means that you have another conversation to have, but you've got to move forward with the understanding that that next date that you go on, it might not work out, but it's not a representation of you being a failure. It's just that one not working. It's continuous learning. It's continuous discovery. It's smashing perfection with a big sledgehammer so that we can be free to move forward. So think of that limiting belief that popped up for you at the beginning. Imagine for a moment holding the truth and stepping into the truth that you are enough. You have everything you need within to show up as the woman, mother, partner, friend that you want to be. But it's not going to be perfect. You are going to fall. You are going to fail. You are going to make mistakes. And that's okay because you're a freaking human being living and doing life. 
I want you to send me a DM right now. And I want to hear about something that felt like a huge failure to you because I want to celebrate that. I can guarantee that there is more learning to be had from that failure than any success. I think we have to start celebrating our failures in this world. We've got to start creating workplaces and space in school to make mistakes. The moment we get too scared to make a mistake is the moment we stop trying. When it comes to your wellness routine, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to have weeks where you don't show up at all. I still do that. You're going to set intentions and you're going to fall off the track. And if you start making that about your own enoughness, it's going to stop you from getting back up and moving forward. Okay. Let's get Kenzie on board and dive into some conversation about dating. I want you to remember this part that we just talked about right now as you're listening to all of the wisdom that she is going to drop. Listen to this episode probably more than once. I'm such an advocate for finding people who have tips that will support you and really surrounding yourself with their voice as much as possible in different ways. That's how all of a sudden you find your own thoughts have started to shift and started to change and sound a little bit more like the individuals that you look up to the most. So keep tuning in, keep listening, keep writing, keep journaling, try a little meditation here and there. And remember, you are freaking enough just as you are. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that really don't help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversation, and Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teachings so you're ready to practice what you learned in the real world. If you're heading to another country anytime soon, start using Babbel a few weeks before you go to learn basics like how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while you're away. So fun. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash Robbie Talks. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous Jennifer Aniston. Jen got tired of the same old struggle we all face, choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us. With Lola V, that dilemma is history. We all put our hair through the ringer. That's why it's crucial to have products that not only repair the look of the damage, but also shield your locks from future harm. Enter Lola V's bestsellers, the Glossing Detangler and the Perfecting Leave-In Conditioner. They're your hair's new best friend. 
friends. For a limited time, you get 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com. Just use the code RAWBEAUTYTALKS at checkout. Lolavie is all about naturally derived plant-based goodness, no silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten, and of course, cruelty-free and vegan. That's 15% off your order at L-O-L-A-V-I-E.com with promo code RAWBEAUTYTALKS. You can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Tell them I sent you over. For those of you who haven't listened to my first conversation with Kenzie, she dives into so much. You can go back and listen to that one. I would highly recommend it. If you're just joining us for the dating conversation, great. Kenzie is an absolute powerhouse of a woman. She's a 29-year-old self-love enthusiast, mental health advocate, and actress from Toronto, currently living in Vancouver. I got to go for brunch with her this week. She's just the best. Kenzie has struggled with an eating disorder and body image issues over the years, but now uses her experience to educate others. She uses social media as a transparency tool, encouraging those in her community to find boldness within themselves, cultivate vulnerability, love fearlessly, and live their truth. Her podcast, Conversations with Kenzie, is one of my absolute favorites. We'll make sure we link to it down in the show notes. Kenzie and I are diving into dating in our conversation today. Can't wait for you to hear everything she has to share. Grab your coffee, grab your tea. Let's dippity dive in. I do want to talk about dating because this isn't something that I've had to do in the pandemic. And it's something that you've been exploring. And I know that a lot of other people are exploring. What I'm hearing is there is something called like massive dating app fatigue where people just want to throw the dating app out the window and then they need to refresh. It's like they need to... I take a few deep breaths, get themselves back on the horse, then they're back in it. And then they're like, I effing hate this again. So talk to me a bit about your experience. I mean, moving to a new city, are you on dating apps? Are things going well? Are things going awful? Give us the goods. Oh my goodness. So fun. (laughs) So fun. Yeah. The dating app fatigue is really is definitely real. I think that like every couple of weeks actually I have it where I just actually have to just pause the apps and not go on anymore. And it's also like we've never had so much access to people before and we've never had access to so many people before. And that's not necessarily great. The amount of times that people get bored in conversation and then don't respond or don't talk and it happens to me. I, I, I'm just like, oh, okay, we're, we're done. I'll just keep swiping and just find someone new to talk to. That's rude though. That's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, you're like, that's not okay for you to do. <laughs> and it is. And, it, and it's kind of like, we didn't do that before. We might've gotten bored after some, after like having a date, but now we can, you can like match with people and have all of these potential dates and it kind of plays in that headspace of the grass is always greener on the other side. Like you're always going to find someone better. So why don't you just keep swiping and not settle? And there's some truth to that. And, and that's like partially why dating apps are wonderful and amazing because people do have so much choice. But then another, the dark side to that is also having too much choice and then having choice paralysis. And then 
not actually meeting. So I think that the best formula for online dating is actually not talking too much on the app. Like if you meet someone on the app and you want to know like a couple of things about them beforehand, then ask, but then set a date to meet and don't talk until then. Oh, I love that. Like don't, like shut the fuck up. Like just don't (laughs) do it because I don't think that starting a relationship off in texting is the best way to get to know someone because no one is themselves in texting. Like you and I might be, but like <laughs> I like I talk with like a thousand exclamation marks and I'm like myself and whatever, but a lot of people aren't. So I think like setting a date and then just not and then just like literally sh- trying to show up on the and then day of being like, yeah, are we still on? Okay, great. Yeah, like see you later. And then like having a first date and just like having an experience, you know, and just meeting someone and trying to like maybe learn something cool about like what they do or like something that they think about instead of it being like this whole, okay, I have to meet them and I'm hoping that this person's gonna be the one, like just having an experience. And of course, that was like really hard when you're under lockdown, like almost impossible. Like you had to do things digitally, which is totally fine. Humans are pretty good at adapting. But now that places are out of lockdown and people are meeting up, like I definitely think that people need to meet up sooner and faster and just not linger too much on the apps and take breaks, like take breaks from them. And and if someone's on an on a dating app and they start feeling like exhausted or they start feeling bitter. It's like, you don't want to meet someone in that state. Like, what are you doing? Like, you know, it's like, it's not okay. And as for me, I am on dating apps and I have met up with a couple of guys and it's been totally fun. Hashtag not looking for something serious right now. Okay. So people read between the lines and (laughs) it has been Honestly, I thought dating in Vancouver would be so much easier than dating in Toronto. I was like, oh my God, all the guys here are going to be so hot. They're going to be hikers and vegans and like, oh my God. And then it was just like, no, it's just the same dating pool. Yes. I'm like, no, it's, it's, yeah, it's the same, but it's still been fun. I personally really like dating. Like dating to me is very exciting and it's fun. I love like, I love the new experience of like meeting up with someone and learning something new, like I'll ask them about their job or I'll, I really don't care to be subtle on dates. I'm like, what do you think about this very controversial political topic? Mm, Like, I'm just like, lay it on me. Like, let's get controversial five minutes within meeting. Yeah. And so being subtle and like being quiet aren't necessarily things that, uh, that I do. It's fun. That's where I'm at with it. Yeah. I have a question from somebody that I'm coaching right now who's on dating apps and she took a long pause. She was recovering from an eating disorder, recovering from anxiety and depression, and she struggles with a lot of chronic pain. And so she spent a lot of time over the last year really investing in herself and her own journey and was feeling ready to kind of dive into the whole dating world. And she said, you know, I have this tendency to share my whole story with people when I meet them. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like I owe them to disclose like that I'm a bit of a mess and I want them to know what they're getting themselves into. And I mean, we had a long conversation about that dialogue that she was having about herself, (laughs) but I'm curious to know for you, at what point do you feel safe opening up to somebody about some of the things that you've navigated? Are you pretty much an open book or is that something that people have to earn from you is the trust to, to hear about yourself more deeply? Like it's one thing to talk about 
politics or something aside from your, yourself and your story fully? Where do you land with that kind of stuff? Oh my God. Great question. Great, <laughs> great question. Yeah. I have a lot of empathy for them and I hear that and that's really tough. There is a part of that that I'm wondering if sometimes we overshare and sometimes we dump on other people because it's too uncomfortable holding it in for ourselves. And we're just like, okay, I'm going to give it to you. And if you can't handle it, then great. It's going to be done and it's going to be over with and and just we can move on. Or I need to see that you can hold this like immediately because it feels urgent. It feels urgent. And I definitely have floated between that space. I tend to be a little bit more private with my mental health, especially because my dynamic with people is just a little bit different because of my social media platform. People have so much access to me all of the time. And I talk all of the time online about myself and what I'm going through and certain thoughts that I have. It's a little bit paradoxical, but for people who are close to me, sometimes I I get a little bit more reserved when it comes to what's going on with me because I don't have privacy. Like I, I've chosen to, I've chosen, it's as a choice, I lie in the bed that I make or not make. <laughs> don't look in my bedroom, Aaron. Don't look in my bedroom. And so I tend to be a little bit more private because I'm just feeling it out a little bit. But I have had moments of wanting to overshare and wanting to just kind of get rid of my baggage just to be like, yeah, can you hold it? Yeah, you see you can't. So I'm we can move on. Yeah, so we're done here. And my ex said something so tender and so beautiful to me. I remember saying like he was asking questions and I was like, I don't really feel like opening up to you about that because you know, I don't want I don't know if you can like hold space for it. And I don't know if that is something that you actually want to hear. And I don't know if you can deal with that. And he was like, it's not your job to figure that out. What your job is to do is to like express yourself when it's appropriate, when it when you feel comfortable. And your job is to see whether or not I'm a good support for you. It's not your job to figure out whether or not I'm comfortable with something. It's your job to figure out whether or not I'm a good support for you. And that was really formative. And that was like really important for me to hear. And he was so wonderful for saying that. And it was so true that like, it's not our job to see whether or not people can handle our baggage. It's whether or not people, we can see if people can support us in it. It's obvious that she feels as if those are things that are weighing her down and that having you said it was chronic illness, chronic pain, yeah. chronic pain, that that's something that might not be sexy, attractive. It's not going to allure people. It's not going to be seductive. It's not going to be erotic. It's not going to be flirty. It's not fun. It's not lightweight. It's not effortless. It's not easy. But like who actually is like walking through life and they're just like, everything's effortless and I don't have problems and I don't have to deal with those things. The chronic pain that she deals with, and I say this with like, I, I want to make sure that I have a disabilities perspective on this because I don't struggle with pain and I don't struggle with chronic illness. I want to make that very clear because I don't want to say something and come across like I'm- Like you've walked in her shoes or you know exactly what it's like. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I want to be like really thoughtful. Her experience- is going to make her a deeper person. And there's no going back from that. There is no getting rid of her past pain. And there might 
not be a way to get rid of her current pain. And that is going to fuck her up existentially. And it's going to also give her insights into life that other people don't have access to at all. And it's going to make her richer in ways that she didn't ask for. And that is a lot to carry. That's a lot to carry physically. That's a lot to carry emotionally. And yeah, it's going to take a while for her to find a match of somebody who can match her depth. And that waiting part, that waiting period of how am I going to find my person when I live with this complexity that even I can barely handle, that is a real painful waiting game because you do have to find someone who can match you on that level and not lessen yourself. Don't lower your standards. Don't make yourself smaller. Don't minimize the pain or what you've gone through so that way you can try to box yourself into a relationship because it's better than being alone. You know, wanting to share it immediately is that sort of like impatient rush that we all get like, oh, I just want to see if you can accept me so that way I can like move on if you don't. But what if like we kind of held on to our stories a little bit and just shared them when they just organically came up instead of doing like a dumping game? Sometimes I want to you know, tell guys that I'm on a date with, I'm going to be like, you know, I have scars on my arm, right? Or like, you know, that I have stretch marks or that I look like a certain way when I'm naked or like, you know, I don't have a Kardashian ass or, you know, like I want to say those things almost as like a, you know, what you're getting yourself into, right? It's a protective mechanism. Like I'm just going to say it before you could say it. Because if you notice it before I do, I could get hurt. Yeah. And when you have to, when you're looking at it like that, you have to think what's the need that I'm trying to meet by doing this behavior. And it sounds like what she's trying to do is create security and safety. Because if you can't hold the experiences that I've had and the pain that I currently feel, then I'm not going to be safe with you. And it already feels unsafe, you not knowing this about me. And so I would ask her what ways is she are she creating safety and resiliency for herself and what ways can we create that for ourselves before we enter into partnership before we enter into a relationship with others where then like we're sourcing our security and safety from them first and foremost there are times where it totally comes up maybe not on like the first date but it'll for sure come up within like the first five dates. You know, I'll have to for sure say something or they'll find me online and I'm like, yeah, let's talk about that. And so it it definitely comes up, but I do tend to be a little bit more private and I do kind of like suss them out a little bit where I'm like, I almost lean towards the other way where I'm like, have you earned this? Like I kind of have my safety and security set so deep within myself that I get a little bit avoidant with people. Which is crazy to hear you say because you'd think you would be so open. But I've, I mean, I felt both ways in that sometimes on Instagram, it's easier to share because you don't really know the people on the other side of the screen. I remember in the early days, I was like so nervous to share anything about myself or my thoughts because I was worried about what my girlfriend's husbands would think if they saw it. Like it was, I just was so insecure in my own thoughts and so nervous to be anything other than the good, like proper, perfect version of myself and to disrupt or cause any controversy or anything. Whereas now a lot of these things that I share, I'll share it on Instagram 
And then later on, my husband will be like, I didn't know that you felt that way about that. I saw it on Instagram and I'm like, oh yeah, I haven't exactly, I'm kind of like testing it out, testing it out in the waters over there and stuff. And I find it interesting. Okay, I, I want to put a bookend in the dating conversation, and I have a question for you just as a friend personally. So I went on a trip. Oh my gosh, I always know this is vulnerable when I start to feel my voice get shaky. I went on a trip uh, last week with a few of my girlfriends, and this is a group of girls I met in my early 20s working at Cactus Club in Vancouver, which is a restaurant you know, now looking back, would I apply for a job there? Probably not. I met a lot of amazing people, but what I don't love about it is that they tend to hire women who look a certain way and in a certain type of body. I didn't realize that in my early twenties. I just thought this seems like a great fun place to work. It's always like busy and happening and whatnot. I met some of my closest best friends, women I absolutely adore. They are entrepreneurs and artists and mothers, and they've gone to school or not to school. And we've shared so many memories together. There is a beauty ideal that is met in that group, but I don't even see it anymore because these are my like some of my closest best friends. We went on a trip last week to LA and a friend that we met back in that stage of life has since bought a home in LA and it's fucking amazing. This place is incredible. And he was like, you girls should come down, everyone take a break from all the stuff and spend the weekend there. Like it's all good. And we were like, really? Oh my God, this is so exciting. So we went down. When I started Raw and I did that original interview series, I'd photographed and interviewed some of these girls and shared, you know, we're out for birthdays and stuff. And the DMs that I would always get are, your friends aren't raw. These girls are not representative of your brand. I remember sitting with somebody close to me and she was like, it's so interesting because your life doesn't match up with your Instagram feed. And this was early on and I clearly internalized that. And so I sort of left this group off the page because I felt it made other women insecure. And I felt that I mean, I just, I, I listened to what people were saying and I didn't want to make anybody uncomfortable or feel less than. Yet at the same time, it just feels like this huge part of me is not able to be shown ever or, or visible. So we went on this trip and I was, I'm kind of in the stage now where I'm just a bit more like, fuck it. I'm sharing who I am and what I think. And in this body that I'm in right now, even though it's thin and tall and I'm white and I'm straight and I'm all the things that, you know, give you the privileges. This is the body that I'm in. It's my reality. And so I'm going to share and speak from that perspective. So we went on this trip and we had so much fun. I didn't share a fraction of the moments, but I shared some of them and my DMs lit up again. Like, wow, I thought you were so different than this. Why would you be sharing this like LA world and you sort of seem just like every other health and wellness person now. And, or I scrolled through and I looked at all of your friends and they're all white and privileged and leading these successful lives. And, oh, Kenzie, it made me angry and sad and questioned myself and questioned other people and all the things that I just really took this one personally, because it wasn't just about me. It was about my friends and women that I know whose 
you know, have experienced suicide in their families and parents who have been taken away from them. And one of them's indigenous and is going through so much right now, like learning about her history that she didn't really know about because it was silence because of the genocides and mental illness. And like, it just made, makes me feel like, again, we're judging women based on the way that they look and forgetting that every single human being has so much depth to them. So this long-winded rant, my question to you is, do you ever wonder if people will be okay seeing your happiest moments? Like when you are, you know, if you end up in that relationship or you get married or I don't even know if you want to have kids, but if you go that route or you have, get offered an insane vacation somewhere, like, do you ever feel weird about showing the really bright moments too, when you're known for talking about a lot of the harder moments that help people feel connected to you. Wow. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. I really appreciate it. And that does sound like such a tricky position to be in Mm, so much, so many ways to approach that. And, you know, first off, I want to just say, thank you for sharing and that people who are messaging you, those things are usually coming from a place of trauma and they're seeing something and they are jumping to people like like this have, have hurt me before in the past or people who look like this person that you're hanging out with are used in campaigns to try to sell me something. and. I would really take it with curiosity and a grain of salt. And I know that that's, of course, like way easier said than done because you're an emo- we're all, we're emotional human beings plugged into computers all day long and plugged into smartphones. And it's impossible for us to not be emotional when people are criticizing us so heavily. And it feels like exile. It feels like, you know, you're getting pushed out in a way and you can't stop being friends with people because of their body types, because that's not that it is not acceptable whatsoever. I don't <laughs> no. care what body it, – it, That's we don't do that to fat bodies. We don't do that to thin bodies. And there definitely could be room for conversation of you know asking these people like, what would you like for me to do when I'm on vacation with my friends? Like, is it better that I, that I not show them? And if so, like, you know, how does that actually help people? And maybe this feed isn't – just about sharing the bad things. It's I'm on vacation with my friends and I didn't decide their body types. Like I didn't choose their body types. If you were on a vacation with just fat people, you would have people messaging you being like, this isn't healthy and this isn't good. So we sometimes people who have gone through trauma recreate patterns of trauma to other people. And I try to always keep that in mind when someone's mad at me for something. I'm like, is this actually have to do with me or is this a more of a you thing? And that discernment is really important, especially when we're talking about places of privilege, because yes, there is room to always discuss and honor ways that like we have access to things that other people don't, or that we have an experience things that other people have different forms of oppression and different forms of marginalization. And there is always a moment to say that nobody actually knows who you are online. Even the people who are closest to you will never fully know who you are because 
who we are is is really undefinable. Like we go through life and we we have memories and hopes and dreams and wants and feelings and emotions and thoughts that no one will ever have access to and no one will ever fully get to know and reducing people down to different identities collapses all of that. That's kind of why I don't love when people say like, well, it's just thin people all hanging out. And it's like, but I don't say that about fat people. Like I've learned to not do that to fat people. Why the fuck would I ever say that about thin people? And that, you know, mental illness doesn't discriminate and shitty situations don't discriminate against body types. So I kind of look past identity and I kind of don't try to just assume what people, I mean, I can safely assume certain things like Thin people objectively have an easier time finding clothes that fit. They objectively have an easier time not being discriminated against for their weight. Getting on a plane to fly to LA is not a struggle. And there are certain opportunities that group of girls all receive jobs that were would not have been available to everybody. And I recognize how wrong that is now, but that's also not the reason why you went on the trip. It's no. not like you're oh like, we're God. going on a trip because we're thin and beautiful. <laughs> we're, that's the reason of the trip. Like you're not doing that. And so people I think need to take a more complicated approach to things. And this is also like sometimes when people message you that, they're just messaging you a thought that they had. And if you message them back or if you had a conversation, they might be like, you know what? I don't – you're right. I don't actually believe that. I just – had a passing or a fleeting thought. Well, and I get it from her perspective because I've been there a million times when I go down the Instagram hole and I'm looking at people making assumptions of who they are on Yacht Week in Europe or who they are with their, you know, extra, extra life or whatever it is. And so I think most of us have been in that place where our own insecurities are lit up or activated. And I never want raw to be that place. But I think what I'm realizing is I can't show up fully without sometimes activating people. And as long as my intentions, you and I are talked about this, as long as I'm I'm clear on the why and, and why I'm sharing and why that feels right for me, then I guess that's the best that I can do as long as I'm being conscious. And yeah, I don't know. Fuck, it's hard. Yeah, it is. It is really hard. And it's definitely, it's hard for a reason because you're trying to do a right thing and you're also trying to make everybody happy. And both of those are incongruent with each other. Mm. Like the right thing will not make everybody happy and making everybody happy, you're going to do all of the wrong things. And I don't think it's an either or. I think it's a both and. I think you're going to continue to do right things that wrong some people and you're going to continue to try to please people and then you're going to fumble and you know figure it out kind of along the way. Mm-hmm. And I do think that we live in a bit of a culture of outrage and I do think that some of it is so justified and a lot of it isn't. Like a lot of it a lot of it isn't. And anyone telling me, they're like, no, you should be outraged by absolutely everything, obviously doesn't understand the nervous system as well. Like you can't live in a place of outrage 24-7. No person can. You know, Instagram can also hijack our negativity bias where we're just so attracted to what's negative and like what pulls us to the negative constantly over and over and over. I have to like – you know, remember that as well, that 
a lot of the times like showing up and saying like, I feel like shit will get a certain amount of attention and then being like, I'm free and I feel great. And I'm having like, I'm having like, even when we're talking about eating disorder recovery, nine times out of 10, it's so boring. Like you eat, like you usually eat the same foods, like, you know, every day and you do the same thing because you're trying to create stability and you're like, recovery is built on like a million small moments and small choices. And it's not like this big grand I'm crying every day kind of thing. Of course, like there's like weeks or months that it's like that, but for the, for the most part, it's fucking boring. And if you show up with that, you know, people are like, well, what, what is this? This what, is not what to see. Yeah. This is for the action. I want the, yeah, the tears. Give yeah, me the drama. Exactly. This isn't groundbreaking or what, whatever it is. And I just have to remember that as well. So I try to take in people's perspectives just knowing that I'm like, that's also just one part of them. You know, that's not the whole part of them. And having a conversation through Instagram can honestly be impossible sometimes because you can't read tone or nuance or hesitation or breath or pitch or anything like that. The way that we are designed to communicate with one another eye contact and body language and just as primates, literally as primates, we're, we're designed to see if this person is going to be part of our tribe or not be part of our tribe and whether or not they're safe or whether or not they are dangerous. And we do that through filtering information of our brains of the whites in their eyes and their teeth and like the way that their facial expressions are and their hesitation and their pitch and their t- all of those things. You don't have any of that when you're talking to someone, none of it, none of it. So you reduce all of that information down to just text. It is inevitable that we're all going to misread each other and that we're all going to be hyper anxious and that we're we're all going to put, throw in assumptions and we're going to have shortcuts to just anger and miscommunication. And that just makes sense. And so I just also... I try to know that I'm like, this is next to impossible, like trying to have like these debates through just through text. So I would take their perspective into consideration and I would ask myself like, what are ways that I can like have an inclusive message and also just like be on vacation with my friends and just try to do right and being okay with like a difference in opinions of people who are going to come come and chat with you anyways. And I'm, I was grateful for her message and I'm not mad at her. I was, I felt frustrated by the situation and of, I'm just, I'm so tired of trying to be all the things for everyone. And I'm not talking about social media, just like in, as being a woman. And so it's, you just have these moments where you're like, want to throw your hands up in there and be like, I can't, I can't win, but I'm starting to understand there's nothing to win. There's no there's no need for us to please everyone. There's That's not our job or our responsibility. And it takes time and practice and and doing it and sucking at it and doing it wrong and trying again over and over and over again. But I'm just so grateful to have women like you who are leading the way in, in doing just that and in doing that with your own voice, giving so many of us permission to do the same and to try and to fail in moments and to, to, for it to be messy and perfect sometimes. And so thank you times a million for all that you are and, you know, all that you'll continue to be. I just, you're a very special person. 
Thanks, Erin. I feel the exact same about you. And I'm like, oh my God, we've just scratched the surface. <laughs> we've just scratched the surface. <laughs> we haven't even <laughs> talked about anything. <laughs> hey, I know where you live now, so yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll be back for more of this. If you have enjoyed this conversation or taken anything from it, take a little screenshot on your phone and share it on Instagram. Recommend that, you know, your friends, family, whoever tunes in to join us for this. Let us know what your favorite part was. Tag Kenzie, tag Raw Beauty Talks. I'll make sure that both of those handles are down below for you. Take what resonated. Leave the rest behind. Marinate on some of these things. Talk about it in your own little communities in whatever way feels right. Journal about it. Love you and thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next week. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this week's episode. Please take a moment to rate, review, or follow on your favorite podcast app and share this episode with someone that you think could benefit. Join the Raw Beauty Talks community at Raw Beauty Talks and remember, It's your story, your body, your mind, and your journey. So think about what resonates with you and leave the rest behind. I'll see you next week. Do you ever feel like you're struggling through motherhood? You're not alone. I'm Erica Jossa, host of the MomWell podcast, therapist and mom of three. Join me each Wednesday as I sit down with guests, including psychologists, pediatricians, psychiatrists, fertility specialists, lactation consultants, and more to unravel the myths of motherhood. With expert advice, practical tips, self-love, and some coping skills to help you along the way, you can become the mother you want to be. Listen to the MomWell podcast at momwell.com listen or on your favorite podcast platform.